you'll have to tell me when we're on or not because otherwise I can say some stupid stuff. <laughs> I'm Damian Willis. And this is the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the week's biggest stories. In this week's episode, we're joined by Michael McDevitt, who covers city and county government for the Sun News. To look at the city's recent revocation of the business license for Speakeasy, the cannabis-themed merchandise shop, which first became embroiled in controversy last summer. Speakeasy's license was pulled by the city after Jason Estrada was charged with a cannabis-related felony. He allegedly sold cannabis to undercover narcotics agents at the store, though his case has since been dismissed without prejudice. And Estrada has asserted he did nothing wrong. While Estrada appealed the license revocation, the Las Cruces City Council denied it, allowing the revocation to go forward February 8th. Estrada was also planning to run for Las Cruces mayor in 2023, but he dropped those ambitions following the license revocation. The now-closed shop, located at El Paseo in Idaho, will become a new cannabis business after Speakeasy's business license was yanked. At the heart of the arrest and closure is a practice known as gifting. Now, there's a lot going on here, and uh, I'm glad we've got Michael to help sort it all out. It seems like the place to start is last summer, Michael. As I recall, we began hearing rumors that Speakeasy was gifting marijuana, and it took us a little time and effort to confirm that. Now, I realize that wasn't your reporting, and and this is a story that kind of bled into a few different beats, including Algernon's, who started that reporting, and then Justin's when criminal charges were filed. But tell us a little bit about how that process played out and what gifting is. That's not a term I was familiar with. Yeah, gifting, Damien, is exactly what it suggests. It's the practice of giving away free samples of cannabis to people who make other types of purchases at a retail establishment, like a sticker or a t-shirt in Speakeasy's case. Important context for the public is that this Speakeasy incident, which happened around late July of last summer, occurred just after the legalization of cannabis for personal possession and personal use in small amounts. That was before, though, the ability to actually sell cannabis. That's not going to happen until no later than April 1st of this year. So Speakeasy was using a sort of loophole that Jason Estrada, the businessman behind Speakeasy, described as a tactic that had been used in other states where legalization has happened. From the cease and desist letter that they were sent from the Cannabis Control Division, which happened around late July of last year, causing the business to temporarily close, this cease and desist order said that when the uh, Cannabis Control Division came in to investigate, they discovered that 
larger samples of free cannabis were tied to more expensive purchases at the store, which to them constituted an illegal sale of cannabis. And that cease and desist came about a week after the company's grand official grand opening last summer. I think they may have been open for a couple of weeks at that point. Okay, I thought it was closer to 10 days, maybe. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Jason Estrada's role with the business, which has always been a little murky. What can you tell us about that? For sure. So the Cannabis Control Division Cease and Desist Order refers to Estrada as one of the owners of the business. In fact, uh, reporting from one of the television stations here also referred to him as the owner, presuming that, that that's what he told them he was. He has told us that he was the general manager or that he was under contract to do marketing for the company. His attorney has called him the face of Speakeasy. So there's been a bunch of different roles that he's been ascribed in this uh, matter with the city and the business license revocation that we'll be talking about. He's referred to as the owner by the city of Las Cruces, but he's maintained that he was the general manager and did marketing for the company. Last September, he held an event at Alma de Arte Charter High School in which he announced his plans to run for mayor of Las Cruces. What do we know about his candidacy or his platform, though he's since withdrawn, which we'll get into in a few minutes, I presume. So I spoke to Jason about his candidacy the day after he announced. And his candidacy for mayor, which again, the Las Cruces mayor seat is not up for election until 2023. So he announced almost two years before the election was to even take place. When I interviewed him, he had a pretty boilerplate political platform. He talked about economic development. He talked about maximizing the impact of legal cannabis on the local economy. He talked about mental health. He talked about education. But his platform centered around this feeling, notion, argument that he had that the city councilors, especially the mayor, did not represent and listen to the majority of Las Cruces. And that is what he was going to build his campaign on. Then agents with the Doniana County Metro Narcotics Unit filed charges alleging that they went undercover into Speakeasy in August. The undercover agent said they purchased cannabis products in the form of uh, marijuana cigarettes, wax, and a bag of cannabis. That's really when the dominoes began to topple for uh, Speakeasy. That's correct. And to go back for a, a quick minute, when they received a cease and desist order last July, they were made to temporarily close. CCD agents came and investigated the premises and they reopened with the promise that they would discontinue the practice of gifting. They were not actually fined or charged with any crime from the state or from any other agency as a result of this gifting. However, so so the gifting on, kind of blew over for the time being. It was a controversy for sure, but it didn't lead to any sort of legal per, uh, repercussions for them. It wasn't until 
these charges were filed against Jason Estrada in September that the dominoes began to fall, as you uh, so eloquently put it. Estrada was accused by undercover Metro Narcotics agents of selling cannabis directly on two different occasions to undercover officers. He contends this. He said he's not guilty. The case has actually been dismissed without prejudice. That happened in January. He had his first court appearance in November of last year. However, several days after the charges were first filed, the city of Las Cruces went ahead and revoked his business license. The fact that the charges were dismissed without prejudice, which, as you pointed out, means they can be refiled. Um, Officials have said that a, a future grand jury indictment is not entirely out of the question, that at some point these charges could come back. That's certainly the case. And the latest that I've heard from Estrada's attorney, and granted this was several weeks ago now, but the latest I'd heard from him is that they weren't ruling out a grand jury indictment either. So they didn't consider themselves out of the woods. But if you talk to Estrada, the fact that this case has been dismissed as of now should show people that he is not guilty of this and he did not do this. In fact, he's gone so far as to accuse the city of targeting him and his business because of his interest in the mayoral position. So basically his position is they don't have the goods and he's being targeted. Yeah. Jason goes on to allege that the reason that undercover agents were allegedly sold cannabis directly at his shop is because what they bought from him in actuality was Delta eight, which is a substance that is a uh, form of THC. The, um, the, the, the component psychoactive in cannabis. Yeah. The psychoactive component in cannabis. Yeah. So they, they allege that what was sold was Delta eight, which is a legal substance to sell. Delta nine THC is the illegal substance to sell currently. Here's Estrada's attorney, Matt Madrid. I have included a small packet that each of you has received that has a certificate of analysis for the products sold at Speakeasy in the month of August and July. Now, if you look at the criminal complaint from the, the, the city, they have numbers of the percentile of THC in the products that they recovered on August 18th. The certificate of analysis, basically, I, I, I hope I'm not going too in-depth, but the THC that is has the effects that the regular recreational user is looking for, whether legal or illegal, is called Delta 9. And so that's the THC that you can only get now in New Mexico legally with a medical card. In two months, anybody can, who is of age can walk into a dispensary and buy Delta 9. The certificate of analysis I provided you, the first one, is what's called flower, which is the marijuana that was taken on uh, August 18th from Speakeasy and purchased. I've highlighted the line that shows how much content of Delta 9 was in that marijuana. None. The products that were purchased after the cease and desist order by law enforcement are normal legal CBD products provided by normal legal CBD providers, and our analysis indicates that. The numbers used in the criminal complaint are also, for, they have three things. They have a pre-rolled cigarette, um, some wax, and some marijuana. The pre-rolled cigarettes are produced on site with the marijuana. 
but according to the city, the marijuana, the, the pre-rolled cigarettes are 15% it's THC, and the, the marijuana itself is 0.4. Oh, oh boy. Now, we don't have any of the lab reports to actually back up any of this stuff. We have lab reports from products that already existed at Speakeasy that his attorney, Jason Estrada's attorney, claims discredits the uh, law enforcement affidavit related to this case. But I don't want to go into all of that because this could still play out in court. And and I don't believe both sides have been able to adequately present their cases. There was a city council hearing that was an appeal to this business license revocation. And we heard some of the evidence presented to counselors, but this thing hasn't played out fully yet. Here's Las Cruces Deputy City Attorney Rob Cabello. It's, it's a violation of our, of our own city code to allow a, a, a business or, or a, have a, a business or premise that allows crime to occur. It's a nuisance under 18211. Under 18.2.3, it's, it's essentially, it's prohibited. Essentially, this crime is a nuisance. It violates our ordinances. Essentially, this license should be revoked. Here's Las Cruces City Councilor Becky Coran. Sorry, I have, I have a follow-up question to that. Yes, Councilor. Sorry, and I, again, I don't mean to belabor this. I really do just want to make sure that I understand the whole picture. Um, uh, I saw on Facebook, the source of all of our troubles here today, that uh, a business in Las Cruces was stealing the wages of its staff. Um, so, and it was found that way. It was found in, in state court that, it, that they had to pay back wages. Um, and I just want to be clear that when we're thinking about the types of harms that, can, that businesses do or breaking rules, I don't want us to... I, it, it troubles me to say that that we're that we're cracking down on businesses that commit crimes because, to be honest, wage theft seems considerably more harmful to to people in our community than what transpired in this transaction. And so I'm a little bit troubled by by us suggesting that we're that we're tough on on businesses that play outside the lines when that kind of thing can occur in our city. So I just want to be clear what what kind of troubles me in this transaction. So. Uh, uh, Mayor and Councilor Coran, uh, understandable. I understand that position, but I'll, I'll say this. I think by our own, the city's own record and Mr. Nichols' testimony, the city hasn't come down hard cracking down on people committing crimes. Uh, essentially, this is the first one in four years of Mr. Nichols' tenure. I, I, I don't perceive that the city is sort of just targeting certain types of businesses or, or just cannabis sales type of business or head shops or anything of that nature. Essentially, and I think in this situation, this came to the attention of the community development director. And essentially now we're here. And certainly you've alluded to this. The city of Las Cruces revoked Speakeasy's business license. And that's a little unorthodox for lack of a better term, because Estrada's role with the company was murky and because he was charged but not convicted and then the charges were dropped. Tell us about your reporting on that, Michael. Sure. So what the uh, city's legal position on this will be is that regardless of Jason Estrada's role within the company, Speakeasy as a business 
allegedly facilitated an environment in which crime occurred. Now, Jason Estrada will point out that it's difficult to say a crime occurred when he was never convicted and the charges had been dropped. But this allegation of crime occurring at Speakeasy gave the city the basis for which they revoked his license in September. Now, because he appealed, he drew that process out until earlier this month. And that's why the city council had the final say over whether or not he got to keep his license. Is this unprecedented or do we know? It is unprecedented. When I've asked the city, they have not been able to point to a time in the past five years where somebody's business license has been revoked. And they don't know the last time that a business license has even been revoked. It could be more than five years. Without regard to allegations of a crime, I for for any reason, is that what you're saying? That that's uh, that seems to be what they've told me. I've gotten limited information about this case from them, but they could not point to the last time a business license has been revoked in this way. Estrada spoke with us for an exclusive interview following the license revocation. What's inspired me to run for mayor is I grew up here. Uh, my business partners, my friends, my family, we all grew up here and we've seen how the last 16 years of this city has been ran and the slow decline. And then this last four years, the expedited decline of homelessness, mental health, um, how businesses are getting treated. And so that's why I was wanting to run this whole time. It had nothing to do with gifting or cannabis. Mm. I wanted to also ask about the you know, the opening of Speakeasy and then the decision to start doing the gifting. Um, I think that you had mentioned that that was an effort to kind of keep things local and, and prevent bigger guys from coming in. Can you explain that a little bit more? Uh, yes. So when the governor passed this bill and the main focus was to have local small businesses succeed and have a chance to uh, basically start a new industry and grow with it. The reason gifting was enacted in these other states is because you have to be established to even be able to get your license, your recreational license. You have to have your building, you have to have your cameras, you have to have your floor pans, your display cases, your, uh, your workers, your employees, you have to train them, you have to get them certified. You have to do a whole bunch to get a brand new industry set up and it literally costs hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're not able to establish and at least have a soft opening to have some revenue and income coming in to cover overhead and costs so this was the uh, gifting is to give local business owners a chance to get started while they're getting everything situated and doing everything the right way through the state the other big thing i would like to talk about and I, I really want this to get out there is everybody can see how this was done was wrong. They have the benefit of throwing cannabis behind it. So it's embedded in the back of our mind that cannabis is bad and what these people are doing wrong. And then they throw out the term drug dealer and, and things like that. Well, you got to take cannabis out of the equation. Um, if I was just selling bottles of water and the state didn't charge me with anything, the city didn't charge me with anything also. And 
they say, uh, I don't want you to sell this bottle of water anymore. I don't want you to gift out water. I don't want you to hand out water. I don't want you to sell this bottle of water anymore. And we say, well, we're not doing anything wrong. Here's our proof. Here's what our attorneys say. And here's what the state said. And they said it's 100% legal. And then seven people in this city just decided to take away that business. It's wrong. They took away people's livelihoods. Our employees had to get a call and say, hey, guess what? We're not going to open. And then now, also, we intended to get into the recreational cannabis industry that we worked so hard for. And now our business license is gone. So we have to start over on that. So who's going to take care of those bills? So now I got to put another hundreds of thousands of dollars in to get reestablished. This is ridiculous. Let's finish up by looking forward. We've heard the company has been sold to new owners, but the city told us that no business has applied for a license as it relates to someone new taking over the company. What are we going to be watching for as we follow future developments? Yeah, so as Jason Estrada told me in an exclusive interview with the Sun News, the business has been passed off to new owners and the intent is to sell legal adult use recreational cannabis. And the last I've heard, the city has not gotten any sorts of applications for that specific spot where Speakeasy once stood um, to launch a new business there. I've only talked to them more than a week ago at this point, so it could have it could have happened since. And my thinking is that these new business owners want to have that new business license in place at the latest April 1st when legal sales are expected to begin. Uh, no later than that date, I should say. And what Estrada also told me is that he has no involvement with whatever new business pops up where Speakeasy once stood. What I've been told by him is that it'll be rebranded and that they may engage him in some sort of marketing deal. Estrada, I should mention, runs Everything Las Cruces, which is a an online outlet which promotes the city and local businesses and things like that. And so he may be involved in that regard, but he's not involved in the retail operations side of this new business. And he did not identify for us who the new business owners were. So we don't know that either. Nor will he be involved in the ownership, I assume. That's what he claims. Well, Mike, thanks for taking a little time out of your day to sort through some of this for our listeners. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Damien. Anytime. We hope you'll continue following all of these important stories and the rest of Michael's reporting with a subscription to The Sun News. Also, please subscribe to this podcast available on Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and many other places you find your favorite podcasts. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. Please subscribe to the Las Cruces Sun News to read all our local reporting. Brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces. Until next time, I'm Damian Willis. Thanks for listening.